catches, puts up the three. Won't go. Rebound box. Back out to Allen. His three-pointer. Bang! Tie game with five seconds remaining. Five hit. Balotelli. All right, guys, welcome to the SC Insight. We've got a very special episode first, but um, we'll start with Corey back after kicking six on the weekend. Yep, I'm back. Told me <laughs> as soon as he walked inside. Oh. And um, the biggest guest so far that we've had, Damien Cuvier. Thanks for joining us, mate. No worries. Thanks for having me, mate. Just before we get into it, a uh, total of 53 games and 66 goals. Is that correct? Sounds familiar. Yeah. <laughs> no. familiar. Something like that. No, very good. So... <laughs> Um, we'll talk about at the moment you're coaching out at Kagari. Yep. How are you finding that? Uh, it's been really good. Um, yeah, obviously, the last few years have been uh, playing in the Hume League, um, and that's been trying, to say the least, in ter- like terms of logistically traveling two and a half, three hours mm. of a Saturday with a young family. Um, and obviously, yeah, getting 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 to my age now. Thought I'd better anchor close at home to keep the missus happy because they've been long days. I mean, for example, when I was at 2018, 19, I was at uh, at Henty. That's about an hour past Albury, so yeah. it was like leaving home at seven thirty in the morning, getting home at like ten o'clock, staying at the pub after the game, and it's a big was, day. Uh, That's a big day. It was a huge day, and it was hard on the kids. So really happy now being being able to get a gig. Uh, Giga jig, giga jig, and just anchoring a lot closer to home and getting back into a senior coaching role, and I've loved it. Uh, win loss column is not where I'd like it to be, but what are you? We're two and five. Yeah, right. So, um, but being in every game, so yeah, coaching something that you're passionate about. Want to continue doing? Yeah, most definitely, absolutely. Um, yeah, obviously coached Rumba in 2014-15 and then left, moved back to Melbourne and coached Airport West in the Essendon District Footy League and that didn't go so well and then I just went to back a smash as a player um, but, uh, and then haven't coached up until this year. So it's been a long time between drinks but loving it. Yeah, loving it. Very good. Um, well, first time I met you was a couple of weeks ago actually. It was at the Alistair Clarkson seminar at the Shep. There's footy rooms, and uh, I remember getting there going, oh, I hope I can get a standing spot to get to see Alistair Clarkson, you know. There's probably going to be 150, 200 people here. I'm fucking kicking myself I missed this, by the way. So <laughs> I'm, I've walked in with my brother and I've looked across and, of course, there's Damien Cuvier there. I'm like, well, how good's that Damien Cuvier is here? I'm like, all right, there's uh, about five other people here. I reckon there was about, what, eight or ten people? It was highly embarrassing. Oh, it yeah, was? It's just a shocking you know, I was thinking, you know, going to be jam-packed as well. I better get in a little bit early. And <clears throat> I was actually the first one there. And Alistair Clarkson was the only one in the Shep Bears room, club rooms. And mm. I was like, oh, maybe I should. I was doing like a bit shame job to go in there on my own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> on my partner alone. So I waited out the front for a little bit till someone else rocked in and it was, wasn't very many people that followed. Yeah. It was a, it was a bloody good insight because it was only that many people. And like, yeah. I got a chance to talk to him in that as well. And 
It, it was good though. It went on for a while. Like it was supposed to go to like eight thirty, and Clark I still sitting there at ten o'clock, going on about everything else in sport and all that. So I thought it was getting. You can good see why he's the most wanted uh, coach in Australia, right? He's just. It made the hairs on your arm stand up. You know, you wanted to go on, like I said, as I said to you, talking to you, it's like it makes me want to go and play footy right now. He was that mm. passionate about, yeah. you know, the mental health side of things and, and just his story and hearing what he's doing for the community and, and him choosing Shepparton as part of the um, the, the uh, mental health space was just, yeah, pretty uplifting to hear. It's good yeah. to be there. It was. So let's go back, 1982. <laughs> 1982. That's when he was born. He's, he's still he's still going around kicking sixteen goals now in local league, and he's at that point. even a thought. I wasn't. No, no absolutely not. So we'll go back, and uh, you were born in South Africa. So the first ever AFL football that's was born in South Africa, and I, I said it to you just before off air. It never gets mentioned, and that's like I think that's a massive thing. So yeah, feel free to take us back from there. How long were you there for? Um. Moved, so yeah, <clears throat> moved to Australia in '88. So I was six when I first came to Australia. Um, yeah, just uh, being born in South Africa. My, all, all most of my family is still residing in Cape Town. Yeah, right. Um, right. And been back a few times, which has been nice. But um, yeah, obviously the story there. Um, the, the old man back in South Africa back in the '80s and the was the apartheid, so probably the most racist country on earth at the time and, you know, the country being segregated into whites, coloreds and blacks and very, yeah, so it was uh, run by the uh, a white government, um, yeah, and just extraordinary, extraordinarily racist country. But, re- yeah, we were one day, this is a story that my father told me, so we were going to the beach and Dad was like, on the white side section of the beach because it was yeah it was oh, really yeah 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 so oh, there yeah. was white there was white water there was white coloured black water fountains where you can only drink of I'm not sure if you've seen the movie Power of One but it's quite sort of similar yeah. things um, and if you weren't caught doing the right thing you were beaten by the police um, but anyway long story short dad crossed over and we were in the wrong part of the beach and he didn't know that and um, were threatened with guns. To move. Um, Can you remember it? I can't remember it, no. But um, anyway, yeah. The other, I think the final straw for Dad was when we were driving one day, um, I think I was only three or four years old. My brother was, um, uh, yeah, my brother wasn't even born. Um, but we're going down a side street. Dad was just driving home, me, uh, myself in the back, mum and dad, and drove down – a, a road, but there was a tank, a, an army tank down coming down one side and shooting at another one in an ambush. And yeah, it's just people lying on the road, dead and all that sort of thing. Dad reckons it's a bullet, one of the one of the ones, um, a gunshot or machine gun or something came through the car window directly through the, and missed me. And yeah, that was the last straw. So he, um, Went to yeah, my uncle, his brother, my uncle Noel lived in Australia. So dad took off to try and find a job for us. Um, for, yeah, and so he can bring us over and move to Australia. So dad was in Melbourne. My, my family are teachers, we're a teaching family. And uh, he f- 
worked, he found a job as a janitor at St. Bernard's. So in Melbourne, in Melbourne, yeah, yep, St. Bernard's, where yep. the great Matthew, no, yeah, the great Matthew Lloyd yep. uh, came from. Where my dad taught, cricket there. My dad taught Matthew Lloyd, and many Essendon footballers came out from the St. Bernard's Foot Factory. And uh, dad worked as a janitor for nearly twenty months, and finally there was an opening um, for a teaching role. Uh, and my father recently retired a few years ago, and had been there as a teacher for thirty-seven years. Jesus. Um, and he had a fair send-off as well. So bit of an amazing story. Um, you know, Dad did that, brought us over, saved enough money to buy a house, and, uh, yeah, it's pretty heroic. That whole, like, the splitting the whites and the blacks, it's pretty scary. It wasn't even that long ago. Like, when you're Correct. saying it's not that long ago. No. Like, I, like, I was thinking maybe that sort of stuff was back in, I don't know, the 60s, 50s more. But, yeah, that's pretty eye-opening, that. It's uh, – Pretty, pretty heavy, yeah. yeah and, absolutely. And him, I'm thankful I was a kid, you know. Yeah, through that time. yeah, exactly. Being a young, being a parent now, like I don't know how I would handle. Oh no, my own kids. absolutely not. And it's yeah. not, it's not like uh, in nowadays where making the move overseas as big as it is, but it's not like he can just message you on Facebook or anything like that of what today's like. He's taken the leap to go. I'm going to take my family across over here for the right safety thing. Like that's a yeah, that's. There was heroic. times that we didn't hear from him for a while, you know. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, so it was just, yeah, pretty unbelievable story, unbelievable thing that now there's a parent myself and I just, yeah, sort of hats off to, to him for it. Yeah, absolutely. So you've moved across here. Um, so you were going to school in Melbourne. Yep. Um, first memories, I guess, of AFL or footy in general, whether it be kicking a footy or watching a game on TV or whatever it was, can you remember much of it? Yeah, vaguely. Uh, so it was in... Went to St. Scholasticus in Box Hill. That was my first primary school. I remember all the memories of me with AFL. I was just trying to make friends. So I just wanted to – had no friends, wanted to try and um, just – everyone was kicking this thing like this uh, <laughs> footy around and just wanted to – what's going on here? So definitely know that I wasn't very good at it. Um, bit of a cricket and rugby background. Yeah. But yeah, this was everything. Everyone was playing this sort of game. And so I sort of uh, immersed myself into trying to become better at that. And uh, anyway, joined a local footy club, which was Illy Park, which is aligned with East Burwood in Melbourne. And um, dad said that my very first game was was knee high mud down at Illy Park. (laughs) And I was standing in the middle of the ground watching the ball get kicked from one end to the other. And I did not move. I was just <laughs> watching the ball go sail over my head and did not actually run or do anything. So, but obviously improved a little bit. Um, <laughs> oh, just a bit. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, that was my earliest memory of uh, playing footy. So then fast forward a little bit. Um, obviously, you've gotten better and better over time and then you've been selected to play for Croydon or what are they Croydon at the time and now they're Eastern Rangers now? Or is it just Croydon Eastern Rangers? Croydon that? Football Club. Yeah. Croydon Football Club, yeah. In the old Eastern District Footy League. Yeah. Now the EFL. Um that was my and then so we moved from Box Hill to, we moved out to moved out to Croydon. And that was my club growing up. Came for the ranks at Croydon. Yep. Did and, you did you have aspirations to play AFL and did you know that you were going to play AFL or was it one of those things that it just, it sort of, as you got older, it was sort of like, oh, shit, I'm a chance here. As I 
as I got better, I enjoyed it more. <laughs> so yeah. as, I, yeah. as I got better, I start fuck, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll playing this game because I was like, I'll start to get pretty good at it. But um, I suppose, um, yeah, by the age of thirteen or fourteen, I started to think that shit, I could actually go all right here. Mm. Um, I played my first senior game for Croydon Football Club as a fourteen-year-old. Um, and we played East Burwood. And Alan Richardson, the ex-Collingwood yeah. player, ex-St Kilda coach, yep. was co- was playing coach of East Burwood. And I remember playing on him. Played on him. On him. Yeah, right. And my first memory of that was Alan Richardson grabbing my head and, grab- and dumping it in the mud. <laughs> and that was my initiation to senior football. Now, if a player did that to a 14-year-old, he'd be all over social media, yep. hung out to dry, and probably locked up for a, a few weeks as well. Correct. It, but back then, chin up, son. Get on with it. Yep. You know, it's like, welcome to senior welcome footy. Welcome to senior footy. And yep. you got absolutely smashed. And as a 14, like you imagine a 14-year-old these days, if the, you know, he buried his head in the sand and you like physically harassed him on the field. Wouldn't come back. Yeah. Would, would, and, yeah, you'd get a bloody – geez, I don't know. I don't hate to think what would happen now. But anyway, that was the – I'm – Happy I went through that, and it was a great uh, experience. It was really good. Yeah, that's good. And it's not that this podcast is about me, but it's insane. I remember playing my first senior game when I was 16 or 17 against Longwood, and uh, I've come off the bench, and I'm standing on the wing, and I look across me, and I'm like, oh, shit, that's Byron Pickett. And I'm like, yep, this is going to be interesting. He ran straight in from the centre square and cleaned a bike up, and I'm like, oh, this is, you know, Peak Brian, he was obviously a bit older then, but I'm like, that's what he was renowned for. And I'm like, oh, geez, well, I'm nowhere near this. I would have loved to be near that contest <laughs> yeah. just to feel the vibrations of it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Earthquake. Yeah. Yeah. So um, your, your draft year comes around. Um, yep. Were you talking to clubs around that time or was it sort of like, I don't know if we want to get drafted or whatever? Because you, obviously you went at pick number six, I think it was. That's yep. right. Yep. Did you? Were you going, I'm playing AFL next year? Were you talking to clubs? Yep. You didn't know where you were going? What were, what was um, happening at that time? So you went to, I went to the draft camp. Yep. And, and that's sort of you get a really good indication of clubs who are interested in you, show interest in you, so you have meetings with them, all that sort of stuff, and you get through, put through all the tests and all that sort of stuff. Um, oh, look, I had a fair indication of oh, that I'd play league footy where I didn't know. I was part of the very first AIS AFL Academy, the very first one that started. A few graduates from there was Cameron Ling, Des Headland, um, Mark McVeigh, um, uh, Andrew Wembley was in that, was my team. We went over to Ireland and played uh, Ireland in in Gaelic in the international rules footy at Croke Park as a seventeen year old. So that was that was an amazing um, experience. But then talking to the clubs at Draft camp, I spoke to, back then it was only a 16-team competition, so I yep. spoke to 15 clubs. Yeah, right. So um, I spoke to 15, all all except Essendon because they were excluded from salary cap breaches. At that time, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, it was them and then Carlton, I think, were I believe afterwards, so. afterwards Carlton. I believe so, yeah. I, I actually – well. I actually did speak to Essendon. They said, why don't you go away to England and play cricket for a year and we'll pick you up the following year. Uh-huh. Yeah. So you stay off the radar. Yeah, right. That is highly illegal now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do that. Yeah. yeah. But, um, am yeah, I, am I, thought, I, I thought about it. Like, no, nah, I want to play footy now. Yeah. Am I right in saying most high draft picks these days 
so, sort of have an indication of where they're going. Like a lot of the clubs speak to them. They go, yeah, we're probably going to pick you at this pick. And if not, yeah. Well, you, so. you yeah. look at it now, you've got like the Phantom draft and yeah. they go, well, yeah. this is the predictions. And half the time they get a lot of the top 10 right. So yeah. it's funny how things have changed, progressed over it's time. becoming a lot like American sport. Yeah. Yep. It's, it's like Mel Kuyper's draft picks. Like it's yep. becoming very much Americanized because yep. all of our stuff takes over from the draft is a copy of American drafts and or um, yeah. It, look, it's good. It's it's evolving. Um, yeah, it's all interesting now to see how it's – like since I got drafted, I was you – know, back then we, it was on telly and Channel 7, I think, and – you get if you got invited, you know you're going to get drafted. Yep. So that was that was a good feeling. Was yep. good. How did you feel about going to Brisbane? Uh, not at that age too. Right, because Mick Malthouse came up to me on draft day and said we're going to take you at number seven today. So I started celebrating and telling mum and dad. You're kind of supporter. No, but I just wanted, but to, just stay wanted to stay in Melbourne. Yeah, yeah. 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 And uh, so I was sort of you you hiring around and <laughs> play a four, five, seven, six, nine. Daniel Cuban, Eastern Rangers. Brisbane Lions, you know, like, and I just my on national tally, me mouth dropped, and I sort of looked around. And I said, what the fuck's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> then they showed a picture of Lee Matthews, and I looked at the monitor, and I just shit my pants. You know, like, yeah, but it was it was still a good memory. It's still a good memory. Yeah, of course, one of the biggest nights <laughs> of your life. So, um, you go to the club. What was your first um, experience like sort of walking through those doors? Obviously, at the time, they hadn't won any flags, but, you know, still iconic players, Michael Voss, players of, the, of that elk. What, what was your first thoughts and experiences in that? I remember it because I was the only two guys that were drafted from 99. The Brisbane took himself and Brownie, Jonathan Brown. Um, so we went up together on a plane. I remember the first time I met Brown, he had a bit of grass in his mouth at the airport. <laughs> G'day, mate. There you go. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Hasn't changed? Yeah. And he used to just sort of, you know, like <laughs> he, literally eating grass and um, just, yeah, me and him ventured up there together and I remember the day walking in with uh, Gubby Allen, was uh, Graham Allen was our footy manager and opened the big, the old, underneath the old social club, Gabba, Opened the gym doors and I remember seeing all the players and yeah, it's where I got my nickname for uh, the very first day I came up there. So, which was Bubba and uh, <laughs> from Forrest Gump. Yeah, because uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, Forrest Gump had just come out on the Brisbane tally from the movies in two thousand. Yeah, typical. So, yeah, Richard Champion said, "Ah, oh, Bubba," <laughs> and uh, Bubba stuck. Bubba, Bubba Gump stuck. So, but yeah, no, I, it was. Fantastic memories. Um, seems sort of so real thinking about it. And until someone asks you about it now, you think about it and like almost, I'm almost there. Yeah. You know, trying to tell the story. So mm. it's awesome. No, it's very good. We're just going to go to a break really quickly and we'll be back. All right. So we go to the year 2000. You get your debut in uh, round 11 at the SCG. Talk us through that and basically your first game because it's massive. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, I thought I could probably sneak in that side a little bit earlier, but um, I, I suppose I forced my way in through some good performances in the Quaffle and the Lion Cubs. And, um, yeah, lucky enough to play my first game. 
It was actually a, a pretty spectacular game um, of footy, actually, because we were 36 points down at three-quarter time and we come up, come back and won and beat Sydney. So that was um, – I played on Leo Barry. Oh. Um, and remember that, yeah, uh, back then when I could uh, really get around the ground at, uh, at, a, at a good click. Um, I think I ended up kicking three goals and having 13 or 14 possessions in, from half forward. So it was a really good, really good, memorable debut. Uh, had my family up there and – that's one of the uh, most memorable things I'll uh, take with me for sure. It's a solid first game. Yeah. Three snags. Throughout the next couple of years, basically, um, obviously Brisbane become that powerhouse team and I think they're nearly the best team of all time. Um, did you have injuries throughout it? Did you struggle with form to get back in and out of the team? What do, you, what do you think it was that made you probably not in that 22 a lot of the time? Um, well, I had it, the second year. I had a really big preseason. I think I'll, my first year I played, uh, might have played six games in my first season and a final. Played final in the, in two thousand. Um, before I touch on that, I'll I'll talk about the final. So we, we played Carlton at the MCG. I think it was in a semi final. Um, and I played on I played on Steve Silvani. It was his very last game of AFL yeah. footy. So. That was pretty memorable. Bit of an honour. And, uh, yeah, he did his hamstring chasing. <laughs> so uh, that was the end of sauce. But, um, I, yeah, uh, loved loved my first year. Massive learning experience, but had a massive preseason league into 2001. Played the first six games. Um, sorry, seven games of 2001. And I was really primed to, like, cement myself, announce myself on the AFL stage. And then um, Sydney. Out of all places, played the Sydney Swans in round seven, two thousand one, and dislocated my shoulder. Um, yeah, back when the carts came on the ground and you got stretched off on a cart, <laughs> big green stick in my mouth. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, that was that was the end of me, and it required a shoulder reconstruction. Um, yeah, Robert Copeland got Robert Copeland uh, took my place. And I never gained. I never regained it back. I, I, yeah. So I was first emergency for the 2001 grand final against Essendon. Which uh, funny story that if, I, if I'm allowed to elaborate on that, go go um, for it. I was selected in the side uh, the night before the game, and Luke Power um, was out injured. So imagine me being you know, sleepless night, ringing everyone, going off my head. Yeah. Playing in grand final against my childhood uh, side Essendon, and yeah, get a phone call at seven o'clock in the morning saying that I'm back to first emergency because uh, Luke's pulled up okay. So after my asshole dropped through me shorts, and um, <laughs> yeah, I was kicked in the walls at the Park View Hotel. Um, somehow managed <laughs> mustered up the strength to show my face and support my teammates. Um, yeah, so that was that was tough. That would have been hard. That was tough. Ugh. Especially saying that you're in and then you're out. That's the morning an- off. An- the morning off. Yeah. Another thing being the first emergency and then hoping for this to come, but for it to go the other way, yeah, that's I can't even imagine what that it's rough as like. it comes. Yeah, that's, uh, so that was character building. Oh, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> that's as big as character building gets in the sporting world. Yeah. Yeah. More than anything, I remember the story about Brendan Favola. And his, and he went and sold his tickets out the front of the ground and made money off it. Did he really? Yeah. 
So um, it just kind of show, is that your first big injury? Like the first time that you went, yeah, okay, I've got to deal with this injury, know what this is about? Yep. Yeah, right. So um, moving forward to the end of 2002, did you feel like you were sort of nowhere near that or were you in and out of the team that year? What what was that season like, 2002? Obviously, they won the flag that year. A trying one. Yeah, a trying one because, yeah, I was – Sort of in and out. Um, I'd I'd um I'd hurt my shoulder again, and the club gave me some time away from the club, so I went back to South Africa with my family. Um, I spent about four, five, six weeks in South Africa, um, which was good for me. But yeah, I just I was never able to get myself back uh, back to playing the footy that I needed to play to break into that side because they were all conquering. Um, Lee knew that he had high draft picks in the cupboard, which was smart by them because, you know, if someone went out, you could always replace them with a high draft pick. So they they had the f- cupboard fully stocked with top-end talent, but all of us wanted to play league footy, um, and I sort of got impatient. And I pretty much just, yeah, almost had a bloody breakdown at the end of 2002 because I didn't want to be there. Um, I was just super jealous of guys winning another flag and me not being a part of it, even though I won one in the reserves, but it's not the same. No, um, so I made the phone call to my old man who was best mates with Matthew Lloyd and told him to get something done. Dad rang Lloydy and long story short, Blake Carousella was traded for me shit. at the end of 2002. Oh, shit. You've already answered about three of my questions within mine. So <laughs> I absolutely love that. But so you're an Essendon man growing up. You get the opportunity to come back. Obviously, Essendon had that salary cap issue as well. So Blake Carousella comes across. You go to Essendon. What was that again? What was that like coming home to your childhood club and playing at basically Windy Hill? And you got the likes of Lloyd Heard, all the rest of it. I'm getting excited. I'm an Essendon come, man. A dream come true. I was at the old. Uh, Depot Tavern Tavern in Richmond, and my manager, Liam Pickin, gave me a call at about 1.30 in the morning saying that the deal's been done, and I had the biggest night of I can remember (laughs) uh, with me mates out out in Richmond. Um, And that phone call came through, and uh, I think I got up on the mic and said that I'm being traded to Essendon, (laughs) and I I took the place over, and it was uh, the best night of my life. Nah, I... Barracking for Essendon, growing up, following Essendon, going to Essendon games, my whole family being Essendon members, sitting up on M13, level two, um, for a long time watching the Bombers play it was just a, an unbelievable feeling. And knowing that my club had put put their balls on the line to get me there was even better. And then my childhood hero was Tim Watson, Gavin Wanganine and Michael Long. And having Longy have his number unretired for me to where it was uh, – Pretty special as well. Absolutely. So that's that's your big year. It's 2003. You kicked yep. 36 goals for the year, five of them on an Anzac Day game. And I'm not going to lie, I watched the highlights before you come around earlier because I've been watching sport all day. But <laughs> there's there's only two reasons you didn't win the Anzac Day medal that day. Can you name the players that the reason that you didn't get it? Uh, reason I didn't get it because I thought I had it in the bag at three quarter time and took the foot off the accelerator. Mm. And a bloke by the name of Heard decided to have fourteen last last quarter possessions and kick three goals. <laughs> so uh, that didn't help. Yeah, but 
And Lloydy kicked six as well, Lloydy but I still I well. still think – and he took one off you in the goal square at the end. That's, that's, what, that's the, okay. The ball was tapped there and he's come from and put the foot through. Yeah. But you would have been the Anzac Day medals if it wasn't for a bloke named James Hurd, <laughs> that's for sure. Who were you playing on that day? Uh, Remember? Yep. James Clement. Oh. Uh, Matthew Locken, Ben Johnson. Yeah, Mick had a – I, had a, I, was, I, had a, I gave, gave Mick a head, headache that day. Um, couldn't seem to find someone to, to sit on me, but uh, we all gave him headaches. Um, yeah, that was South a Floydy, um, combined really well. But yeah, they were – it was a great day. We beat him – I hate Collingwood. We beat him by, I think, <laughs> 80 points. Yeah, big, big win. Um, I felt like I'd announced myself on the – like I wanted to be an AFL player, and I felt like I had broken through. So yep. to speak, and um, with Hurdy putting the Anzac Day medal around my neck after singing the song and saying "Welcome to Essendon," and Peter Jackson, the CEO, shaking my hand, I was after I tried to throw it in my bag and not give it back to him. <laughs> I, uh, I felt like I was part of the furniture, which is awesome. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they tried to get a revolving door through that day, Collingwood. Does that any blokes play on you? But <laughs> do you think that's your, your greatest AFL game? Or, um, or is there others up there that you felt like, you, you, not necessarily from a goal point of view, but you were like, I'm a presence? There's a couple of other ones. I think that's a certain, that was obviously um, the day that I announced myself. A bit similar to Jack Ginevan. Yeah. Um, had all this talent, but had really hadn't showed people on a big stage where you're the main, you know, everyone's in Australia's watching your game and, I just felt that that was my time. I felt um, like Andrew Lovett was like that too when he yeah, won the Anzac Day medal. Yeah, certainly, was... certainly. Yeah, Lovey was a uh, yeah, good, good mate of mine, played with Andrew. But, uh, really good, fun memories. Um, it was awesome. Yeah. Throughout that season, was that the most games you played in a season? I think it was because you, obviously you kicked 36 goals. I've seen you kick 36, I've kicked 40, so we'll go with 40 just to make. Might have been 40, but uh, I think they were, I've played 22 and two finals, so. Yeah, yeah, that was a that was the most consistent year of footy. And then two two thousand and four, uh, we go on and you suffer a, a knee injury. What was the actual knee injury? I had a patella tendon injury with patella tendonitis, um, a pretty severe one. So I couldn't really like jump or run because of the yeah tendon just being constantly sore due to inflammation or whatever. It's an overuse injury, so I just battled with that. I just had got my shoulder right, you know, like physically got my shoulder right for the last couple of years. Like 20, uh, 203 was the year where I just, my shoulder was good. Then my knee flared up in 04. So on and off, in and out, up and down with form. Um, and the same with, yeah, sort of limped on into 205. Um, and then, yeah. That patella injury is actually. Like fairly serious. Like um, I know Adam Cooney had it as well, and he was never the same again after he had it. So that's quite big. But yeah, two thousand and five, um, obviously a year. I know that you got put down into the bombers, Bendigo Bombers, but it was actually the reserves. And Thanks for bringing that up. I can, <laughs> I can see, I can see the grin slash anger on your face when I say it. But um, not anger anymore, mate. I've let go of that. Yeah, of course. But um, obviously there was a. Bit of angst around with Kevin Sheedy and that about that time and what happened with that and he obviously said some pretty harsh words and what that what was throughout your whole time what was your relationship like with him and then probably in that moment of time what was it like? Uh, my relationship with Sheedy was a uh, was pretty good like it was really good. Um, 
yeah, like coming from Brisbane and he really wanted to pick my brains about what they were doing up there and, you know, like what we can he could sort of have on them and so a bit of a scapegoat in that regard, so giving them information about what they were doing up there. But, yeah, um, look, that episode of me being dropped to kick the kick the dew off the uh, – <laughs> I remember I was out at Springvale and I rocked up to the game at 9.30 uh, to play in the reserve reserves. Barely had time to have uh, breakfast. Far out. And a uh, bit of an experience that one was, but, uh, yeah, highly uh, publicised uh, dropping due to my uh, undisciplined going out during the week when we were told not to. And you know, looking back at it now, they don't even, they don't even get into trouble for that now. No. Like, uh, there was, would have been a lot more people doing it at that time. Oh, it was. Wouldn't have been just you. No way. <laughs> it's, yeah, next question. Yeah. <laughs> no, but, no in terms of, you're 100% right. But yeah, I was, uh, you know, like, yeah, he wanted to make an example of what's accepted and what's not. And yeah, I was that bloke. And so I copped it, copped it sweet, did my time. And uh, eventually got back in the side. Uh, but, yeah, that was a low point, definitely a low point. Yeah, and not to uh, go on the low points for too long, but I remember you saying, and I hope it's all right, that the lowest point was also your delisting. Mm. And mm. you said the thing that hurt the most, I remember you saying it and stuck out, was that you were promised more years. Yep. So it's oh, did it come as a shock to you massively or is there a little bit of talks around it? Like I know in the AFL now mm. they talk about it and they go, oh, you have it in the planning for ages, an exit interview, all that sort of stuff. For you, was it just completely out of nowhere? It was certainly surprising. Yep. Yeah. My, my manager, Liam Pickering, uh, at the time, um, yeah, just sort of threw, threw my world into a bit of chaos, really, because we had just, the club had just said that they would uh, extend my contract for a year or two to get myself, just get me going again and let's really extract the most out of me coming into my prime of my years. I think I was 24 at the time, so still pretty young. Um, so that was a real lump in the throat. Um, and not having planned for the aftermath of it was even harder. So, And, like, well, again, we were talking on off air about it. Like, that's, that's your life. It's like anyone else losing a job, but obviously – Major as well. Footy's been your whole life, something that you're passionate about. You still are now, like you're coaching at 40, but like that must be the biggest sour taste in your mouth about footy. Like do you look at footy the same now when you watch it? Like do you still have the same passion for, say, Essendon or Brisbane when you watch it or how do you see it? No, if I was going to be honest, because you've been in that system where you're just a – to, to a club, you are a asset. You're it's an asset. Business. You're a business. Yeah, you're, you're an asset. You <clears throat> the clubs give up a hell of a lot for for players to come into the on the list and a big make a massive uh, uh, investment. You're a huge investment to that club. But yeah, you you, you you are a bit of a meat, bit of bit of piece of meat. Um, and being in that sort of sort of blowtorch sort of furnace sort of thing, like you're just in and out, you know. Like I was able to stay in the system for six years. The average lifespan of an AFL football is now, I think, is 1.8 years. Mm, yeah, it's low. And that's like in and out. Mm. Um, so, yeah, like it's just 
a, a part of you, part of that 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 love and that sort of, um, I guess, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Natural, just um, passion. Passion, yeah, just just that um, love for it is gone. It, it wipes a bit of it off you because you know how the system works. Um, and at the time, there wasn't a lot of support either. So. I feel yeah. like now, has the AFL got like a, they help you transition out of footy? Like I know yours was pretty sort of like abrupt. out of abrupt and out of nowhere sort of thing, but I feel like AFL has really made it like a, made moves in the last, I don't know, maybe the last decade or so that help AFL players transition out of the AFL system and get jobs and get qualified and things and stuff like that. 100%. I didn't know what an email was at the age of 24. Yeah. Right? Because I had a manager and everything was done for me. Yeah. My contracts were done for me. Everything like, for an example, I remember having a prank at Windy in Napier Street in fucking Windy Hill and I went up to the stairs, I went up to the offices at Essendon, I dropped my keys on someone's desk and three days later or two days later my car was fixed, all the paperwork was done. So as good as that is at the time, it doesn't teach you about how to deal with shit like that, does it? No. no. It's not like that. It doesn't teach you. Like, that's what I mean. Like, you got royal wipers. Like, they, what I call them royal wipers, which people are paid to wipe your ass. Yeah. Yeah. But it doesn't teach you how to – that skill in life because – Life skills. Yeah. If you have a praying after here – Yeah, I've got to go fix it. You've got to, you're not going to fucking drop your keys at someone's desk nah. and have it back in two days. You don't have to go deal with the person. You don't have to deal with the insurance company. Yeah. You have to deal with all this sort of different shit. But that's what happens at AFL clubs. Like you are in this cocoon, which is great because a lot of perks come with it. But yeah, but yeah. I think now, but now they are more aware. There was wasn't social media back then. Yep, there wasn't. There, we weren't didn't have. So we just yeah, it was just that's what it was. And they and they've been called out for it too. Like you look at the example of Sam Fisher at the moment with what's going on there and. I think it's taken far too long for a professional business who what it went full time in what the early nineties to not have that sort of support for players and all that, especially for yourself. And you're definitely not the only one, but a prime example of that. Like you're only what twenty four at the time. Like that's that's quite scary to think of. It's like go right, go out into the go out into the real world now. I had no idea what I was going to do. I thought I was going to be playing footy till I was. 35. Yeah. Play 250 games of AFL footy. That's all I, that's yeah. my, that was in my. Put all the eggs in the basket. Yeah. But, you, but you also trained to be that way. Like, yeah, that's my everything whole life the, was geared for that. Yeah. Everything to the footy club. Everything. everything like, I was like, that was me. You know, now, because of, um, yeah, I, I put my hand up for, I could have done so many things better. I could have trained harder. I could be more disciplined. I could have. Also, I wanted to enjoy myself at the same time. Yeah. Now, people are saying this, everyone's saying on social media, oh, let the kid enjoy himself, like, you know, let him go out and have a beer, let him, you know, like, it's, there's a, it's all a debate thing. Like, but then back then, it's like, you can't do this, you can't do that, you need to live your life by this itinerary. Now, it's all flexible and they're okay with like different things, and you know, like, you're not going to get like put in the fucking Bendigo reserves for going out nah. for a night um, and having a few drinks on a on your night off or something, you know what I mean? They're not going to do that now because no. it's different. It's, it's a different generation. Yeah. Back then you were, see you later. See ya. Yep. Fuck off, you know, like, and that's the way it was. 
did players have like mental illness problems? Fucking oath they did, heaps of them. Yeah. But you were too petrified to go and talk to someone at the club because you would have been ostracised. You would have been like a leper. See you, mate. That's mental fucking weakness. You're out of here. And that's what we were dealing with. Mm. Now, like people, you even see players come out now and say, oh, I have problems. Like, you know, like people like, I think, I can't remember the name of the players, but a few players have said, yep, I was one of those guys and, it's just funny how it's you know different generation now, but yeah. and uh, it's 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 probably more accepted now to bring it up nowadays compared to what it was then. Like like you said, like you look at it now, you got players like Bailey Smith, other players like that. They yeah. they're taking mental health leave. Yeah. Um, Tipper Woonie for Essendon, Martin, was one of them. Dusty. Yeah, yeah, Dustin Martin's a perfect example yeah. of that. Like it's social society, it's society, isn't it? In general, yes, it is. Back then, it was different. Um, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so it was a de- like a harrowing experience going through that time. I remember so leaving Essendon at the end of 2005, not knowing what I was going to do. Go to, I ended up in Adelaide, played SANFL footy for South Adelaide. Um, and yeah, and uh, got my first job at 25. What were you doing then? I was, uh, I was, I was a Sales consultant for a company called Focus Home Improvements in uh, <laughs> South Adelaide. And I was going around walking the streets of fucking Norlunga and knocking on, and with a spiel, knocking on people's and saying, you know, that you've got some cracks in your mortar, your gutters need doing, and, and trying to get people to do their roofs and gutters for a, for a, like a 300 bucks plus commission. Yeah. And we're going, coming off a, $350,000, $400,000 contract yeah. playing at the MCG. <laughs> and, and that's reality. That's yeah. reality. But that's I'm, what I had to deal with. And I couldn't – I had tried trouble with that. And a lot of people – Understandably. Yeah. yeah. Like you're going – like yeah. you said, you're, you're going from kicking five on Anzac Day where there's probably 80,000 people there. Which was my office. Yes, exactly right. And you're going like – and you, you become used to that norm of being that person and having that reputation and doing those things – to then having to go to knock on people's doors and and then become sort of that other person in the way. You have no idea what the fuck you're doing. Yeah. And then having a bloke with no teeth go, aren't you Damien Cubano? Oh. And then I just fucking lost my shit, dropped my stuff and took off. Yeah. And just because that hit me in the face. Yeah. yeah. Some I suppose after that, after that, um, the five you kicked in the, um, what was it? The three ends. Yeah, you probably thought after that game, shit, my spot's probably cemented for a while now. I cruised. Yeah, I, I rather than work even harder at training. Yeah, and be the first to to be the first to be at training and leave, be the last to leave. Yeah, I was reveling in the uh, mm. aftermath. Yeah. Of, Reading my own press, yeah. so to speak. Yeah, yeah. You're probably yeah, sitting there thinking, oh, I've probably got a, I've probably got a game for another year at 100%. least. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like guys do now. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So the kids have a good game now. They're in the side for six weeks. Yeah. Mm. No, but it's, oh, yeah, that was not the mentality. Couple of bad games happened. back then in your out. Yeah, because mm. I was because the next week I was playing on Glen Archer. Yeah, like I was that. playing on. I was playing on fucking. I was playing on Mark. Like not Mark Rochetta, but I was playing on those type of guys that would take your head off. Yeah. Yeah. Literally. Mm. And. And that's the thing as well, like um, it depends on the environment that you're in as well, if it can be accepted like that. Whereas in America, you look at blokes like Kobe Bryant and all that, he didn't get sucked into the press and he would have people around him making sure he wasn't because he was in the gym training for bloody 
25 hours in a 24-hour day. Mamba like, mentality. Yeah, exactly <laughs> right. <laughs> I know you're a big basketball fan as well. Oh, are you? Loves it? Yeah, absolutely does. But before we get to that, um, I think it's I think it doesn't get touched on a lot of people that play games for that long and to even play 50 games at AFL level, like you said, people are in the system for 1.8 years, like I think it's not appreciated as much and like, people cop a lot of slander when they play footy and it's like, oh, I could get a kick over this bloke. It's like, <laughs> no, no, you couldn't. couldn't. Yeah. Zach Dawson is a great example of that. Yeah. How many games did he play? Like over 200 or something? Yeah, exactly. And he, he just got slandered in the media and by just like general people thinking he's shit. And like he's played 200 and something games at AFL. Yeah. General trip rats. <laughs> Like, yeah, yeah. People like I don't know why is that. Like, okay, yeah, he does some things. You think, oh, exactly right. you know, mm. but you got to respect exactly dudes at that level. Like, yeah. I have a good appreciation being in the system. You appreciate how hard other it is. People like yeah, and sell. We don't celebrate shit enough in this country, mate. We mm. don't celebrate. It's such a tall poppy syndrome mentality yeah. in our own country. We don't we don't give people their flowers for what they do. Mm. Like, and it's just like I think it's wrong. Like. And I love my American sports, like NFL, basketball. Like I just like I love watching, and you see how the players interact with them. Like the NBA players interact with other NBA players, and NFL guys talking to other NFL guys on social media. You don't see that in AFL, do you? No, you don't see no. the you don't see the connection between because it's it's viewed as oh you can't do that, mm-hmm. you can't talk to you know like players. It's starting to break down a little bit now. You know what I mean? Like barriers are starting to be broke down a little bit like that with social media. But I just feel like, yeah, in Australia, like we need to celebrate our people. Appreciate the greatness of what we are yeah, watching. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and players in, within, the, within, the, within that circle as well. It's not like, you know what I mean? It's, it's okay to give someone a, a rap on social media. Like, it's, and, it's that's, okay. and that's another reason for this podcast as well is to go like, how good is actually sports? Not, oh, let's talk about the umpires for 45 minutes and then let's talk about this and that. Yes, there is a little bit of that about it, but what about we talk about like on the other weekend that Joel Jeffries kicked five goals? You didn't hear shit about that and he's an up-and-coming player. Gold Coast are playing well. Yeah, There's just so much negativity out there that it's just, yeah, it does my head in and I'm sure it probably does for you guys as well. But So for a bit of positivity... Who are the best players that you played with and against? Because it's something that I love to hear. Um, well, certainly a, a hard – watching footy out like, I, and watching games in, when, in the era that I played in, uh, it's certainly a lot different. But I'd say that um, Andrew McKay from Carlton was a very good defender and played yeah, with right. me in numerous amount of time. Steve Silvani, Matthew Scarlett. Yeah. Um, yep. Tom Harley. Um, yep. Was playing Presser Giacomo? Yes, Presser Giacomo, James Clement, um, Leo Barry. Yep. Like, like they're all Stars. good players. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. Um, Gavin Wanganine I played on. Yep. Um, he's hard. He was good. Um, I keep, I'll tell you a story about that. I So we played Port Adelaide in – we played them in the LL Ansett Cup Grand Final in the night series in yeah. 2002. We went over there and we we got beaten by Port Adelaide at, at Footy Park and played on Gavin Wanganine. And then we played them round one of the AFL season the following week at Amy Park. At um, yeah, Amy Park as well, the old Footy Park. Yeah. And um, 
I had a good game and got the Norwich Rising Star nomination for round one. I kicked four on, on Gavin Wanganeen and went to the Port Adelaide rooms after game and asked for his autograph. So, <laughs> <laughs> as a fan, you know, because yeah. like, I just was you playing. Yours. He was like, he was like, like touch and feel against me, you know, like pleading like, and I was just like, oh, how good is this? Yeah, like, <laughs> like I love you. Love you, mate. Love <laughs> yeah, you my idol. Touch me all you want. Exactly right. I'm like, oh, this yeah. is the best. Like, and somehow through that, I was able to yeah. kick four goals. Yeah. And I was just like, I felt so bad because, like, oh my god, like I love you. And <laughs> I went over to the Port Adelaide and I, and I knocked, and like the you know the steward dude on the yeah, door, yeah. and I said, can I, can I speak to Gavin, please? Wang has come out, and I asked him to sign an autograph. Not many people know that, but I. That was it. Was that's I thought that was pretty cool. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas you look at a young bike nowadays, and you I'm an AFL player for my idols autograph. So that's I don't give a shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Right. Still on my. He's still on my wall. But you look at that'd be frowned upon now by someone in social media. You get slammed for that, even though it's after the game. Like that's that's exactly what I'm talking about. I love hearing that. That was now. Blokes have strips torn off them, wouldn't they? Yeah, probably. Absolutely. And that's why Gavin Wanganeen was one of my favourite players, so I loved him. He he could do some special. He still looks good. How no, good, <laughs> mate? I've seen him see on the front bar. He looks yeah. like he did 20 years ago. <laughs> he's, he's, yeah, he's amazing. Yeah. Even the when the he rubber man. To, the even, rubber man. For True Essence supporters who were in that era, he was the rubber man. We used to call him the rubber man. Was that? Because he was – no, because he was – He could move he could, oh. he could bend and like like – he could deform Go himself and defy <laughs> physics by like the rubber man. Like yeah. he, was, he was, he was just elastic. He Even when he went to Port Adelaide, like he kicked, he kicked their goal to sink St Kilda at home, and then he in the grand final he tore Brisbane a new one. So yeah. mm. great, absolutely. So you great. after your footy career, you went to West Adelaide and South Adelaide. Yep. Um, and then your time after that, you've become a country footy legend. You've played at a lot of different places over the years and you've you've had some good results too. So I've got a few of them here. You kicked 100 goals in a season for Hentley, which we talked about earlier. Henty, yep. Henty. Yeah, Henty, sorry. How many did you kick that year? Was it 100? 116, yep. Yeah, 2018, right. 2018, yep. Um, 2018. Yeah. You coached Rumbalara, our local team in Shepherd, in here to a flag in 2014. My very first year, yep, of coaching. Yep, was, just uh, tick it off. Just a massive accomplishment. Yep. Yeah. No worries. Um, <laughs> yep. Were you the leading goal kicker in the Northern Territory? One of the boys has told me that that's true in the footy leg there. Uh, yeah, I was. Yeah. What year was that? Thirteen, fourteen. Yeah, so right. 13, yeah, because they play in the summer. Correct. So yeah. So I, um, had a good year. Yep. Um, and recently, at forty years of age, just just casually kicked sixteen goals in a game. Is that the most you've kicked in a game? Uh, um, I think I. 17 or 18 at Mount Evelyn in 2013. I've got him here. Yeah, I've, I've got him here. here. <laughs> Yo, you're, you're playing in under 17 <laughs> on the Oz kick coach's oh, yeah, yeah, son. Right, right. <laughs> Brings up every podcast. Oh, it's a senior footy. He's got me. Yeah. No, no, it wasn't oh, senior footy. Oh, <laughs> here we go. He was playing on the orange kid at halftime. Yeah. yeah. He, he, oh, well, if we're talking about junior footy, I'll kick 24. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in the game. Back in your box, mate. Yeah, I'll, be, I'll, sit, I'll sit down. <laughs> Back in your box. Um, like you said, you're a big sportsman. Um, NBA, who do you follow and who are your favourite players and why, basically? Um, I'm a bit of a – yeah, so sounded like a bit of a basketball hoe here, but like – 
Bulls because of Michael Jordan, MJ, yeah. um, Kobe, Lakers, and the, just the, the GL trio like Celtics. I just yeah, just the old. I just like the uh, like the like the foundation type teams. Like you appreciate greatness. Yeah, like, I do. Again, I do. like I love, I love, I love the. I like so many documentaries on Larry Bird and Magic Johnson and the relationship they had and the dream team that oh yeah like that dream team twenty two like that is basketball personified isn't it like, yeah besides that college basketball like Chris that 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 guy that they took just for having a college basketball dude on there like I can't remember his name was but that was pretty funny the token white guy yeah um, <laughs> but yeah I just uh, um. Love my American sport, but yeah, I'd say that probably we'll go we'll go the Bulls just because of MJ and that in that era that the Chicago Bulls were yeah. unbelievable in. Who's the goat? Uh it'd be Jordan, mate. It'd be Jordan, Jordan for you. Yeah, it'd it's be Jordan, Jordan for me too. The other boys on the potty reckon LeBron. everyone's the go. People who sit on the fence, I believe, go, "Oh, it's different eras, different." You know, but yeah, yeah. LeBron for this generation, Jordan for that one. The, the last, uh, the last, I'll say last dance because I'm still talking like I'm living in Adelaide. Last <laughs> dance, um, really shows like before social media who the goat was. Mm. Yeah, like imagine if Jordan was in his prime with social media around. Now. Well, he made it international sport. Like he's got the Jordan still brand. Used to waiting outside the stadium for them and shit like that. Yeah, you like, got to pay five hundred dollars now for a uh, Jordan jersey, even if it's like. Obviously, it's not the one that he wore back then. It's just a, this is a Bulls jersey. Like, do you think LeBron's jump man is going to be as famous as what his is? No, no. ever. No. Like LeBron will have his shoes come out long after he's finished, mm. but it's not going to be a pair of Jordan, no. like Jordan sixes or fives or sevens. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, which I guess is people buy and collect and don't wear, by the way. Yeah. A lot of people, yeah. a lot of the people to agree with you is on a didn't get to see Jordan back then and they're just because LeBron's been so dominant for so long, which is uh unbelievable in itself, mm. they probably didn't see Jordan at his peak. He's so. been he's been more documented, I feel like, LeBron due to social media. Hundred like you just see 100. so much highlights on Instagram, 100%. Facebook, Snapchat, 100%. whatever you want. Yeah. You, you love right. your NFL as well. Yeah. Patriots man. Yes I am. Uh Tom Brady, is that why? Almost more of a Tom Brady Fan than I am a Patriots fan, but yeah, yeah, he got me onto the Patriots. Like once I started following it, and now I'm now my Patriots Buccaneers fan because oh, he's yeah. back and he's still doing it at 44 years of age. It's just is it giving me inspiration to still play at 40? Maybe yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. I'm sure he's got five years on me. Yeah. I'm sure he's still playing professional. Well, he's protected by seven foot. 300-pound dudes on his offensive yeah, lineman. But exactly. Yeah, but for all 18 clubs that they're listening, which I'm sure they are, <laughs> uh, give us a message. I'm sure he'll be ready to go when you need him. Um, <laughs> on top of that, is there any other sort of sports that you watch or enjoy or is it just basically I, I those love, two? I love my cricket. Love yes. your cricket? I love my cricket and play a bit of cricket myself. I've always played cricket. I've played cricket since I've played footy. Yeah. Um, my father, till this day, believes that I'm a better cricketer than I am a footballer, <laughs> and he still believes that. Um, but yeah, what I do love, you do? Battle bowl. Um, now that I'm almost in a wheelchair, I used to be an opening <laughs> bowler, but now yeah. I keep. Hey. I'm a number four, so that's hard uh, work. It is hard work, and I do not know. I don't bend down all the way. <laughs> yeah, I was going to yeah, say, like a, yeah, pitch I'm, it up, pitch I'm, it short of <laughs> I'm Australia's biggest star. Uh, 
wicket keeper. Um, yeah, I think it's past me, but uh, yeah, I, I don't get all the way down. Bit like a, a bit like MS Doney, sort of halfway down. Yeah, this, yeah. favorite cricketers. Oh, uh, Sir Viv, Sir Vivian Richards. Yep, yep. Um, um, you nearly changed the game before anyone else did. Yeah, you? just uh, the gracefulness and arrogance that he played with. It's facing those attacks with no helmet and just putting them away. Yeah, um, bit of the was um, Akram. Yeah, yep. just and being South African, obviously, um, Alan Donald, White Lightning. Um, Dale knowledge, I like this. Dale Stone. Dale, Dale Stone for the. What about Jax Callis? Jax Callis is a guy. He, he's uh, Jax Callis and um, one of the best all rounders uh, ever. AB De Villiers. De Villiers. Oh. I also love um, Vernon Philander. Vernon Philander's good, good bowler. Just hit he's a dime all day. Seam, bit of a wobble. Just, mm. just yeah. perfect, perfect he's, seam, slow motion. Unbelievable. Just yeah. yeah. Since South Africa have entered who were allowed to play cricket again, they've got had some bloody good cricketers come mm. through, mate. And I just I can sit there and watch five days of oh, cricket. Absolutely. And not move. Oh Stubby's next I'm year. A, I'm, a, I'm a traditionalist. I I'm a, I I can't stand twenty twenty cricket. Yep. It's dying in I, the arse a bit at the moment. I, too. I can't stand one day cricket. I'm a red ball yeah whites type of guy. I'm and, the same. And personally, I mean I played cricket this year, I play out at Catamatite. And um, the uh, two the eighty over format was scrapped, and it was just it's just shit. Yeah, it's no yeah. good. It's, it's coming hard. back though. Yeah, it's, it's coming, coming back, back next year. Yeah, keen. <laughs> it's coming back. So yeah. probably the hardest hitting question of the lot. Then you say you you could have been or your old man says you could have been a mm. better cricketer. If you had made the national sign, would you have been a South African or an Australian? Who would you have played oh, for? Probably Australia. Because yeah, you so. spent most of your I, time here, or I had to choose between cricket and footy at seventeen. Because so, I was in the VIS uh, squad, and the Victorian second eleven uh, as a seventeen-year-old, and I was I had to make a decision on whether I wanted to play footy or cricket. Yeah, there you go. So, you made the right one. I wanted to. I just wanted to play professional sport, and yeah. the team that I wanted to play for in cricket, I think I wasn't going to break into. I wasn't going to push a. Damien Martin or, a, you know, like to get into that team at 17, I would have had to wait till I was 28 or 29. Mm. You look at the blokes that missed look out at in that era. Yeah. How long Hussey plays state cricket for till he played for Australia? Yeah. Mm. He was 32 when he made his yep. test debut. Mm. You look at blokes like even Stuart McGill and that was so good and then you got Warnie and that in front of him, you got all of that. I was, I was impatient, young bloke. I wanted to yeah. play professional sport. So. And like you got, what, 11 blokes play for this country <laughs> where you got at that time it was probably five yeah. 600 blokes can play AFL. So well, I'm glad you got to play for the Bombers anyway. But what what's next What's next for you um, in terms of life, in terms of sport, in terms of everything? Um, well, I feel like I'm a young 40. Um, <laughs> you, don't, you don't look 40. I, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, your birth certificate says that I'm 40. <laughs> yeah, uh, the dark skin hides the age, mate. But, uh, <laughs> but I, I, look, for me, um, I'm really enjoying coaching at the moment. I've got a young family. I've got two I've got, a, I've got two girls and one's three, just turned three, going on 20, and the other one's eight, going on. It's uh, keeping me very busy at home. Um, partners, yeah, hats off to her for uh, keeping the girls in check. But uh, um, 
I'd like to go as far as I can with coaching. I feel like I've got a fair bit of knowledge to impart on guys who I coach at the moment in community football. I really enjoy that aspect of teaching guys. I feel like I have an obligation because of, I've played um, elite-level footy that I've got to pass on my knowledge to guys so we can improve the standard of guys coming through. Yep. Footy's at a crisis at the moment in country footy. Mm. Yeah, Numbers dwindling. Yep. Where Absolutely. We, we all know what's going on. It's – Junior teams are folding, yep. clubs are folding. It's just not what it used to be. No. And as Alistair Clarkson said when we were there, you know, like it's a it's a massive issue. And I've that that inspires me to want to keep doing what I'm doing to try and make a difference. So if if I'm able to still play and have an influence on people's lives and careers at local level, I'll continue to do so. Yeah, you're right. That Alistair Clarkson, he like it was inspirational to listen to it. There's 10 people there and he's just basically pouring his heart out saying we need to do something about this. And he's like the impact that you have on kids' lives, he goes, it's astronomical. And it starts at schools as well. Yeah, it starts at schools. It starts at schools. We need to get more sport into curriculum and it was pretty uplifting, wasn't it? Like it was really good. Yeah, it was. Really, yeah, it makes me want to, you know, do my bit, whatever that is, however that looks going forward. But, um, yeah, also had a business a couple of years ago doing NBN. Um, What? um, currently, I'm just working uh, as a labourer for a civil construction company, but looking to branch off and do better and be- better things. Don't have my own podcast like you, mate. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not going that well, but uh, yeah. Uh, how long do you um? How long do you think you'll play footy for? If you have a, you probably might not have any ideas by now. Well, but... I'm 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 I've signed a two year contract. Yeah, at Gary, where I am at the moment. So look to I intend to fulfil. The next year, um, but you're longer retired than you are playing. So, as long as my body allows me to play at a decent level, um, I'll continue playing. Like maybe I'll, I'll, I'll definitely won't be playing past forty-four. So, yeah, Tom Brady. I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, mate. I'll just yeah, I'll play until. Um, what he gives in, but yeah, it's not far away at all. Well, I, we can't forget like the most important part of the podcast: footy trips. So you would have been on a few. What you were there for? Like what five years? You're in the system, six years. Six. Six years. Best footy trip you've been on, and places that you've been. Um, you wouldn't I'm, have gone to Gagari for footy trips no, when you played no, at AFL. Not. Bonnie um, Doon. Yeah, we found the Bonnie Doon. No, no. <laughs> uh, we I. I'd say the best one was my first one. End of 2003 at Essendon, we went to Mexico, Cancun, and that was a game changer. Uh, life experience, sonified, um, to the extent that we had two club doctors uh, go with us to make sure <laughs> that uh, we came back alive. <laughs> we had, yeah, pretty pretty lucky to have a catering group at the Essendon Footy Club called the Essendonians who paid for everything. We didn't pay a cent. Far out. Uh, we pretty much just paid for our own food and drinks. Yeah. But everything was paid for. Like flights, accommodation and everything. all that stuff, yeah. Now that's the part of the uh, bubble that's fun, you know, some of the perks of being an AFL <laughs> back then. But I uh, went to Cancun. I went to, like, obviously, yeah, 
Flight was hilarious. Like, it was just a great experience. Do all blokes go on it, or is it like a select few amount no, of blokes? No, everyone can go. We had 30 blokes go, so it was pretty cool. Yeah. We went over there with the North Melbourne boys, so they were over there as well. But um, went to that many places in Mexico. Um, just, yeah, me and Adam McPhee had our initiation burns. Paul Barnard jumped on us in the middle of a nightclub called Senior Frogs. And, uh, <laughs> Senior, Senior Frogs. Senior Frogs um, <laughs> which is, it was an amazing place. Like you got this massive factory which has like over 3,000, 4,000 people in it. Mm. And it has a, it has a, the DJ is in the middle of it, like craned up in, in the hanging down. So like on Fuck. like in the middle of the place, so yeah. like in the middle, but up on the roof, suspended, suspended down yeah. in his box, yeah. and every so every you can see everyone from down the ground, and there's a water slide going from one end to the other through the nightclub, and then heading and then exiting <laughs> out of it into the ocean Fuck where there are hell. alligators. What Cro- crocodiles? I don't know what part. Yeah, what, what, what it is? It'd be alligators. Into the ocean part, so you you're, you're clubbing, you're right off, and you're going through this massive water slide that's going through the nightclub, and then out the other side. Like that's oh, next level, isn't that's it? That's next oh. level. I think that okay. beats the Chevron Terrace. <laughs> <laughs> Far out. Senior frogs where? Yeah. <laughs> so, no. On the other side of the world, but uh, that was a, a massive, a great experience, and having a. Yeah, Paul Barnard jump on me and Adam McPhee with a fully lit cigar and burning and putting us like a, a brand on us, like a, like a bit of cattle, um, <laughs> saying, yeah, welcome to Essendon. And we had, and I still have the scar on my shoulder. Um, didn't feel it at the time, but yeah, it was really painful the next few days. Yeah, so 100%. Once I came to, so to speak. And um, another thing, you couldn't get away with that now. And I love that stuff. Like, that's a proper initiation, like. Oh, just and seeing Matthew Lloyd drink vodka cruises from start to finish. Because was, he doesn't uh, like beers, does he? Hates it. No, he's a vodka cruiser man from way back, Lloydy. So I had a few uh, guava cruises with Lloydy at the by the pool. Um, tell you who can drink for a bloke who everyone wouldn't have thought could drink is James Hurt. He has got some serious stamina. Yeah, he yeah. wouldn't be a bloke that drink often, though, would he? But no, no, you, no, but- no, not at all, not at all, no, but. We're on. We're in Mexico. We're yeah, on footy course. trip. It's different. Man. And yeah, Hurdy has he got stamina on the field and he got stamina <laughs> off the field and loves a red wine. I like a red wine and a white. But um, yeah, Mexico Cancun, record highly recommended. Yeah, I'm might be a bit different now, but I went there in two thousand three. Um, I wonder if they still got this, the water slide back then. That was like your Ibiza sort of in. When you go over there, like that was like your party, like it's not like an island because it's on it, Mexico, but it's it, like on the beach sort of. It was where the yeah. Americans go to get wasted for their summer or whatever. Yeah, like spring oh, yeah, break yeah, or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah correct. Yeah, it was yeah. one of those things where you get all these wasted Americans just trashing the place. But, it, <laughs> and, but the thing is, I'll tell you what, because I like, I'll, you know, uh, being, into my, being into like Mexican food, which I love, I was really looking forward to like some like, fucking like, Nachos. We're going to Mexico. I'm going to have nachos. We're going to have yeah, like yeah. burritos. I'm going to have burritos. Yeah. Like, the food was shit. Yeah, right. The food was shit. Like, it blew me away. We have better Mexican in Australia. Yeah. And food standards, maybe. It could be third. It could be 100% yeah. the quality of the food. Yeah. I don't know what it was. 
the tequila was amazing. <laughs> yeah, it would be. So uh, the story was we went to this, like we had a massive session um, at one of the uh, places in Mexico on the beach there. And they had all, we had like a hundred different tequilas there. And just, you know, we ordered every one of them just to try them. <laughs> and I was like, so the bottle, you know, the clock spins and you've got to have that one where the hand is facing. Yeah. So I had this, they spun the wheel on me and I had this one that was facing this ugly ass looking bottle. It just had, and it had the worm. I had a oh, real live worm at the bottom of it. Which is the most dangerous thing because that's the most alcoholic thing you can. Doesn't it absorb do. the alcohol? It absorbs yeah. everything. It's like a full. It looks like a widgety grub at the bottom of the bottle. Anyway, I they end up somehow getting that into my shot glass, and I could not remember a thing after that. Full blackout. <laughs> Absolutely, could not remember a thing. Um, never do it again, and <laughs> stay away from the worm because that is serious shit. Like, did you get like a proper hangover just from it? Enormous, like, yeah, I was on a different planet. Like, I was there. That was, I was, I was a sick lad. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best. But, uh, Senior Frogs. Senior Frogs, Mexico, Cancun. Yeah. How long, um, how long did your footy trips go for, roughly? Uh, two weeks. Fuck. Yeah, right. That's like, a big it's trip. A proper, well, that's, a big, that's a proper blow. Are oh, you going like, hard on the we, piss every we, night? Yeah. It was two weeks of serious, serious drinking. I, I, I was only, I was only twenty one. I was only twenty one, and I couldn't drink to save myself. But yet, plenty of other blokes could and did not waste the opportunity. Mm. I can tell you. So, like, what, we, what did you do for your other footy trips that you went on at the time? Was it more domestically that you went, or I didn't go on. I only, I've only been on out of my six. He's only been on one. Yeah, okay. That was it. Yeah. Is that by choice or Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I just never I just did I never got into going away and drinking drinking piss for that long. It's not a yeah. mm. something that didn't really appeal to me, like oh going out and having a beer and all that, but not Yeah. Yeah, going I wanted away. to do that because I it was an opportunity for me to go to Mexico. Yeah. And I wanted to experience that with my teammates. And that was my first year at Essendon. Yeah. Almost had no choice, but, yeah, that was good. No, I love that. I'm glad we uh, chucked the recorder back <laughs> on for that. <laughs> Mate, yeah. Don't know where Gagari's one will be, but it won't be Mexico, Cancun. <laughs> yeah. Straight to Revolver. <laughs> <laughs> seen some... Uh, I've seen some zombies come out of that place, mate. Oh, yeah. Uh, I reckon you were a, one of them, Corey. No, <laughs> it was not. Not a pretty sight, uh in the daylight. No, <laughs> it's nothing worse than coming out of there and you see some nana having a smashed storm- avocado at a cafe, yeah, don't you? Like, no oh, good. shit. No good. No good. My old stomping ground was um, Cuba, which was yeah, Cuba. on the corner of uh, Chapel Street there. And, uh, and, uh, Did you yeah. get drink cards and stuff as a player? Oh, yeah. yeah. That was uh, let in. That was all good. Free entry. Made, made you feel good about yourself. Did you have to cards. like flex it or is it sort of like you were known or is it like certain people would be like. No, you, you have to go to the right place. You yeah. Know, like it was a known place. Yeah, yeah a known place where, yeah, and, and we always got looked after. So, no, no. I haven't been out for a long, long time. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Until the, until the occasion. I mean, the last time I went out was probably my birth of my daughter. Celebrating the birth of my daughter. 
and went out there. That was three years ago. I probably haven't been out since. Yeah, no, you're not missing much. Plus, you had COVID and stuff as well. Yeah, yeah 100%. 100%. But uh, no, glad we stuck around for that story. <laughs> What's it? Yeah, Senior Frogs. Senior Frogs. That's next one. Yeah. I'm actually going to put that in Google after we turn this off. So, no, thanks again, mate. Love it. I know I met myself and Corey. Can't thank you enough for your time, mate, because yep. like uh, the amount of stuff that I've learned, like we talked before off air and I'm still learning more stuff now. So um, I'm sure everyone out there is going to absolutely love it. And, yeah, thank you very much for your time, mate, and I appreciate it. Thanks, mate. Awesome, boys. Thanks for having me. It's been great.